Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. As Curry lays it up and in a 50-point Game 7 for Steph Curry. Welcome in to NBA Pulse, a production of iHeartRadio and the NBA. I'm Sarah Kustak, NBA analyst for the Yes Network. And today is Monday, May 1st. And, man, these playoffs have been extraordinary. Um, we've had a ton of fun watching some of these, especially first-round matchups. And so who better, who better than to bring on to our pod here uh, than... Chris Mannix, senior writer for Sports Illustrated. Not only a excellent, uh, talented professional journalist, but also one of my dear friends. So thanks, Mannix. I know you're on the I know you're on the West Coast, so I appreciate you waking up early for me. I've always wondered what you do when the net season ends, and uh, this is it. This is this is how you fill your, fill your time. I gotcha. You do, I mean, you can come on. You can come on as often as you want. Uh, as often as you want. Pending performance, pending performance. Uh, no, this is um, this has certainly been a fun time for for the NBA for all of us who are fans of the game in particular. Seeing some just extraordinary performances by individuals that we have watched do it over over again, and none more so than Steph Curry. It was amazing last night. Another performance for the ages. Uh, once again, setting history. The Golden State Warriors facing elimination in Game Seven at Sacramento. The Kings team who have opened a ton of eyes this season, of course, with their coach of the year in Mike Brown and how they've been able to perform what they've done at home. But in comes Steph Curry setting a game seven record, 50 points 
eight rebounds, six assists. He goes seven of 18 from three, 20 of 38 from the field. It's also his playoff career high. Curry just flips it up and in. Steph Curry magic here in the fourth quarter. No doubt, Golden State Warriors, uh, they advance, they keep rolling. Uh, and it, it's it's been interesting to see just how he continues to show up and do things that it, it's hard to believe um, with how easy he sometimes makes things look. But Maddox, when you're watching that game, when you're watching Steph go off, what goes through your mind when you see the things that he is able to accomplish on the floor? Yeah, I heard Jeff Van Gundy say on the broadcast, this is one of Steph's greatest performances ever, and it's got to be really high on the list. I know it's a first-round series, but it's Game 7. It's on the road where Golden State has been pretty bad all season long. I mean, you know, the regular season is a different animal, but the numbers don't lie. I mean, Charlotte had more road wins than Golden State did this season. So this has not been a, a friendly environment uh, for the Warriors. Then you have to factor in not just the potential end of this season, but you know, going into that game, I, I thought it could have been the end of the Warriors dynasty. I mean, you think about what you know is going to happen this offseason, the decisions that need to be made from the very top. I mean, Bob Myers, the the man, the architect of all this, he is a free agent at the end of this year. Uh, Draymond Green can be a free agent, and there's going to be a lot of questions one way or the other about how the Warriors deal with Draymond Green. So the, the pressure was, I think, multiplied for this particular game, and Steph just, just showed up. I mean, he came in. The first thing, you know, after the game, you listen to some of the things they say, and then you start to to piece together how this all happened. And they clearly coming off game six knew how the Warriors were going to defend them in game seven. They had a beat on that. And and that's why Steph said after the game, look, I got 38 shots up. That's because I saw the holes in the defense and I knew where my shots were going to come from. That takes a high level of, of basketball IQ to, to be ready for that coming into the game. Gets it back. Curry three pointer. Bang. Steph Curry. And then, you know, when his entire team is struggling offensively, I mean, you know, whether it's you know Andrew Wiggins or Clay Thompson, I mean, these guys were were taking as many shots as they had points. I mean, the most efficient number two guy on that team was Kevon Looney, and he only had eleven points. Um twenty one rebounds, though. Man, he we'll was get been to a that. No, we'll get to the boards. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the his his impact there for sure. But I'm saying, like, in terms of scoring. Like, nobody else but Steph was efficient. Jordan Poole was three for nine off the bench. So, like, he had to, you know, th- this was not a a offensive, a, a brilliant offensive performance by everyone on Golden State. This was Steph Curry, for the most part, taking this team offensively, strapping them on his shoulders, and and scoring for them. And, and to do that on the road, in a game seven, with all that in the line, you know, I- I'm sure there are better performances with more, pressure deeper in the playoffs, but because of the totality of it, I look at this as probably a top five Stephen Curry performance. Wow. Yeah. It, and it was everything about it. Um, as you mentioned, you've talked about the, the, the picture of it, of what it meant for that game, that series, but also the wide view of what it means um, really for the legacy of this team, of this iteration of the Golden State Warriors, what they've accomplished, and the even better part of the many, many layered storylines of this series and of this team is now as they advance from the first round, uh, the number six seed Golden State Warriors will then host the number seven seed Los Angeles Lakers, uh, Steph, LeBron, all of these things. 
uh, it continue to build and just our anticipation for what the early part of these playoffs looks like. So as you look now is the quick turnaround. The Warriors get set to face the Lakers who took care of business as well themselves. Uh, how do you view this matchup and, and what jumps out to you? I know you got the star power of those big names, but just in general with this group and with these teams, uh, what do you see in the Lakers-Warriors matchup that you're most intrigued by? Well, for starters, I, I think this is going to rate pretty well for the NBA. LeBron versus the Warriors, <laughs> again, is uh, I think a storyline that's going to be explored uh, at length. Uh, I'll be at you know Lakers practice later today and – I'm sure that's going to come up a few times with LeBron, his history uh, playing Golden State in those four straight finals. Um, look, I've been bullish on the Lakers since mid-March. Um, I have been predicting they would make the NBA Finals since mid-March. I think that the team that Rob Palenka assembled around LeBron James and Anthony Davis is the best version of the of the kind of team they need since the championship year. Uh and I think, obviously, LeBron, the level he's playing at, Anthony Davis back at that all-NBA, all-defensive player level. Little show and go. Oh, man. Anthony Davis put that on hold like customer service. <laughs> I think they go into the series as the favorite. Uh, they'll be on the road once again to open this series. But when I look at some of the matchups, whether it's you know, LeBron versus Andrew Wiggins. I don't think Wiggins is going to have the kind of success against LeBron that he did against someone like, say, Jason Tatum in the NBA Finals. Anthony Davis against Draymond. I think that's a, a, a plus uh, for the Lakers. Obviously, the the backcourt of L.A. is going to have to find some way, somehow, to, you know, make inefficient the Curry-Thompson backcourt. But I look at D'Angelo Russell in this series, and maybe there's a little saltiness for him too. I mean, he signed with the Warriors and then was traded before he got his bags unpacked. So maybe he's got a, uh, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder coming into the series. He had He's coming off the best performance of his playoff career in that game six against Memphis. So look, there's a lot of variables here. You can't discount Golden State's experience and their perimeter shooting and their guard play, but... I think this is a matchup that the Lakers uh, you know, can and I believe have a great chance of winning. Real quick, how much do you think, and you could say this probably for both the Warriors and for the Lakers having played Memphis, the Warriors having played the Kings, the switch from a, a quick series of stylistically what they faced and now playing an entirely different team in some ways and that contrasting style for, for veterans, yes, but for team, for coaching staffs, how much does that change how you view things in what these teams have been doing now for a stretch of time and the Warriors playing a, a long drag out seven game series and it, how that may affect either team? Well, I, I think that it was a blessing for the Lakers that the Warriors Kings game or series went to seven because getting those two extra days for Anthony Davis, who had you know, a hard fall and was bumped around in that Memphis series for LeBron at his age, uh, that's going to be invaluable. Like having those extra days physically to heal, having those extra days, you know, for the coaching staff to to kind of reset and start to dig in is, is going to be key. You know, the Warriors really, you know, Steve Kerr and his staff, the players, it's what, 36 hours at most before you step into a game one against the Lakers. That's going to be a challenge right off the bat. So I think the Lakers have – an advantage there. And look, the Lakers, you know, Golden State isn't 
they're they're not a, a premium up tempo team, not like like Sacramento is, but they'll try to play up tempo. And the Lakers, I think it's going to benefit them having the experience of playing against a team like Memphis. And the Lakers, that entire series, part of their game plan was to slow the Grizzlies down, make them play in the half court. You heard Anthony Davis say after game six, they aren't very good in the half court. We had to find a way to make them play there, and they'll probably try to do the same thing with Golden State, keep them out of those transition opportunities, keep them out of those first 10 seconds in the shot clock opportunities, which is something Darvin Ham harped on before uh, game six. I think it's a more natural transition for the Lakers to go into Golden State than Golden State to go into the Lakers because the Lakers and the Kings are night and day in terms of how they play offensively. The Lakers are more comfortable in the half court. They've got more dangerous weapons in the half court in terms of LeBron and AD. Um, For for however much that's a variable, I think that is on the side of the Lakers. We're going to transition from the West Coast back to the best coast, a place and a series near and dear to your heart, Maddox. We're going to take a quick break, but get to the Philadelphia 76ers and Boston Celtics clash right after this. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DK Hoops only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to NBA Pulse. Sarah Kustak joined by Chris Mannix. And Mannix, you do a lot of things. You have a million jobs. I, I introduced you as senior writer for Sports Illustrated, but you cover a multitude of things, including boxing, which we're not going to get into on this pod, but maybe another time. Uh, but in terms of the Boston Celtics, uh, number two seed, obviously a lot of change throughout the course heading into the season, and they've continued to play well. They've rolled uh they take care of business with Atlanta facing a Philadelphia 76ers team that Joel Embiid to this point, um, Dr. Rivers said he's doubtful. We'll wait to see if he will be able to play. Um, but you covering and, and doing a lot of coverage throughout the the years for the Boston Celtics, what are you looking for in this series and your expectations here between Boston and Philly? I mean, really, it comes down to Joel. It, you know, I, not to oversimplify it or kind of punt on any analysis of the question, but if he is limited or can't play, and as we sit here talking, it's very unlikely he plays in game one. You know, I was checking in with people down there and around him last week, and one of the things I kept hearing was, you know, forget about practicing at full speed. He's trying to walk without pain at this point. That's how much discomfort he was dealing with in that knee. And Joel Embiid you know, for the last few years, has been willing to play through some significant injuries, hand injuries, leg injuries. I mean, he's played through a lot of stuff. So there's no questioning his toughness. But when you have an LCL sprain that is as significant as his, the kind of thing that ordinarily would probably sideline him for multiple weeks, uh, it's asking a lot for him to come around, uh, turn around less than a week later and play in a postseason series against Boston. And it's not understating it to say he's absolutely necessary, not just for the Sixers to win games in this series, but to even be competitive. I mean, you go back to the last regular season matchup between these two teams. Joel had 50 in that game, and the Sixers only won by like a bucket. <laughs> like that, I mean, they needed every one of those 50 points for uh, them to beat the Celtics. The Boston has owned Philadelphia over the last three or four years. I mean, their record in the regular season is outstanding. Like, they just match up really well, whether it's Al Horford against Embiid, Rob Williams, you know, patrolling and being a, a good uh, stopper against Embiid. The Celtics' defensive strength is in their backcourt, and it's only gotten stronger this season with the addition of Malcolm Brogdon. That gives them a good matchup against James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and all those wing players uh, in Philadelphia. It's just a nightmare matchup for the Sixers. And the only way they can win is if Joel Embiid dominates every game of this series or every win they have in this series. And right now, it's looking like it's going to be challenging for him to do that at full strength. Yeah, and in the other Eastern Conference semifinal. So that game is tonight, game one, 7.30 p.m., Eastern on TNT, other side of the Eastern Conference semifinal, Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra, the crew, continue to just impress. They were at the Garden last uh, yesterday, I should say, yesterday afternoon. The Heat end up winning that one, 108-101 against the New York Knicks, so they take a, a 1-0 series lead. Have the Heat surprised you? And I know we talk about playoff Jimmy and what Jimmy Butler consistently does throughout the course of the postseason. Same with, obviously, the track record of Eric Spolstra and that Heat organization. But did that surprise you watching what happened in Game 1 and, in particular, how it finished with Jimmy's um, kind of banged-up ankle, which we'll see 
how that looks and in how that affects him here as the series goes on? Well, you know, the, the old coaching cliche that we hear a lot, you know, when there's injuries or, uh, you know, guys being out for different reasons is next man up. Like how many times have you heard a coach say, well, it's next man up. A lot of times when I hear that, I roll my eyes a little bit and say, well, no, it's not. You lost player X. You can't just plug in player Y and still be successful. Miami is the exception of that rule. Like they really are a next man up organization. Like Tyler Hero, they're, you know, number two, number three offensive option, a max contract player. He goes down. Well, let's just plug in Duncan Robinson, who hasn't played since like the bubble. And, you know, he plays like the guy that earned that max contract. Robinson trailing. Can't leave him open. Jimmy Butler gets injured, rolls the ankle. He gets to the middle. Whistle, foul. And did he turn his ankle on that? Boy, we hope not. But he's holding his lower right leg. Well, let's play him as a decoy in the corner for the last five minutes of the <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah. And let's watch like Caleb Martin, Kyle Lowry, Max Struess, and you know, Bam Adebayo. Not just Gabe Vincent was big. All those Gabe guys. Vincent, yeah. sorry, yeah, like not just preserve the lead, but they expanded it. They won the game by more points than they were up when Jimmy Butler, you know, twisted his ankle. And look, I would not, I'm not going to be too critical of my pal Tom Thibodeau, but it's like he didn't see Jimmy Butler was hurt. Like he's he's letting Jimmy just stand there defensively. And the one time in that last five minutes that they got matched up one on one. He had somebody set a screen to get R.J. Barrett off Jimmy. I'm like, what, what What? are we doing here? Attack this guy. He's got a bad ankle. You've got to go at him and try to take advantage of that. I thought that was a major whiff uh, by, by the Knicks uh, in game one. But all that being said, Jimmy Butler's the one guy you, you can't just plug and play somebody else and expect to win. Not on this team. Like, he is the heart, the soul, the fiber, whatever you want to, however you want to frame it, of this team. That's why, you know, when Eric Spolster was caught on camera, after Jimmy turned his ankle and the four-letter word he used, he knows. Like, he knows just how valuable Jimmy Butler uh, is to this team. So it, it's a quick turnaround. It's it, it's going to be challenging for an ankle injury like that to heal all the way. But I think, look, if if Jimmy's able to play, and specifically if Julius Randle still isn't, you know, Miami not only has a great chance to win game two, but to win this whole series. If Jimmy Butler is limited or if he's out entirely, big opportunity for the Knicks, not just to get back into this game, but to regain control of this series. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Those uh, series will continue. Game two between the Heat and the Knicks is 7.30 Eastern on TNT, and that will then be followed by game one between the Lakers and the Warriors. And as we said tonight, obviously Philly and Boston at 7.30, but following up with that will be the Suns and the Nuggets in their game two, 10 p.m., Eastern on TNT as Denver leads that series one nothing. Uh, Mannix, you are the best. We appreciate you. Like I said, I know you're waking up early for us for the pod. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Anytime, Sarah. NBA Pulse with Sarah Kustak is a production of the NBA and iHeartRadio. Please rate, review, and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.